We're building up godly men for a better tomorrow. This is On the Edge with Ken Harrison, where we inspire men of integrity to put faith into action together. And now, here's today's show. In this week's episode, Chad Henning sits down with Demario Davis and his wife, Tamala, to talk faith, family, and football. Be sure to tune in to the Super Bowl Breakfast, sanctioned by the NFL, where Russell Wilson will receive the Bart Starr Award for service. Last year, DeMario and his wife were recognized. To learn more or to tune into The Breakfast live on February 12th, visit www.superbowlbreakfast.com. So glad to talk with both of you right now. I'm, I'm excited. This has been probably one of the most exciting playoffs that we've had, uh, seasons that we've had in a long time. And Demario, just quick question. First question right out of the box is, man, who you got? Who you think's going to pull it off in the Super Bowl here in the coming days? <laughs> um, but most of time, I, I stay uh, uh, non-biased. But I think I have the three former teammates that playing for the Bengals. Um, so certainly, I'm 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 rooting for them. Um, Joe Burrow's been fantastic. Their defense has been uh, phenomenal. Uh, Jamar Chase. I think they have all the tools that they need to get it done. If they can go out and play uh, lights out like they've been doing, that you know they're going up a strong defensive team and and some uh, a very talented offense in the Rams. But I think they can. I think they'll find a way to pull it off, and it'll be a good game. Spoken like a true linebacker. Defense is where it's at, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's defense. But um, let's share a little bit about your personal walk and your personal walk of Christ. Share a little bit about your faith and kind of how you came to faith and and how you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. So um, I was I was born in a small town of Collins. My mom had me at a very young age. She was actually still in school. And so uh, while my mom went and finished school, I stayed with my grandmother. And uh, my dad was in the military, got shipped off to the military right, out, right, right after I was born. Um, and so I stayed with my grandmother. My grandmother was a very religious woman. Um, she'd have us in church, you know, five days a week, you know, for revival and every Sunday. Uh, so I grew up kind of knowing about God and, and, and uh, knowing, you know, right versus wrong. Um, I moved back with my mom when I was in the third grade. And that's, you know, uh, started playing sports around that time. And it was just me and her. And, you know, I, I was a pretty good student, uh, never had no issues, uh, was phenomenal on the football field. And, um, you know, life was just kind of going along. And then right around my, you know, coming out of eighth grade to ninth grade year, this is when, you know, life kind of started to go a different direction. Um, I was hanging with my older cousins and uh, started, you know, hanging out and partying and, and doing drugs and just getting involved in a bunch of things that I shouldn't have, you know, got involved with. Uh, Ended up getting expelled from school. Um, my, my school ended up letting me come back for my junior and senior year. Uh, and then I had a, a, a major life incident that just kind of woke me up and kind of scared me straight for a little bit. So, you know, I started to just go to school and stay out of trouble, end up getting a scholarship and going to Arkansas State. Um, got to Arkansas State. I still hadn't really learned my lesson. My first year, I ended up going to jail. Um, and I think when I was in jail, I, I really started to examine my life a little bit and realized that my life wasn't going in the direction I wanted it to go and something needed to change. And I had a team chaplain that started to spend some, some one-on-one time with me. And, uh, 
he ended up, um, you know, sharing the gospel with me, uh, ended up walking me into a relationship with God. Um, he ended up discipling me. And, and I think from the moment that, you know, I came to Christ and the scales were removed from my eyes, I just realized that, you know, the way that I had thought about Christianity and thought about religion was way, way off. Um, I had always viewed it as, um, if I do more right than wrong, then I'll, then I'll go to heaven. Uh, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with my life, but it had to do everything with what Jesus had did for us and recognizing that and accepting that mm -hmm. and realizing that I think I became passionate about understanding that if I, if I have known this to in the wrong way of my entire life, how many more people, um, have learned it the wrong way. And so I just had a, a passion to go and share the gospel, um, you know, in my locker room and beyond. And, uh, a little bit after that, I ended up meeting, uh, Tam, Tamala. Um, we, we, we were friends for about six months, then, then, uh, dated for about six months and then I proposed, um, we got married in uh, July 2012, got drafted that same year. Um, and now we've been you know, 10 years in the league and um, we both have a heart to, uh, to reach, you know, our, our, our peers in the locker room, our, you know, the players, their spouses, their girlfriends. And, um, you know, so we've been playing football for 10 years and sharing the gospel for that plus. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think we are both um, two individuals whose lives were radically transformed. Um, and we just try to use that in a way that glorifies the kingdom. Amen to that. That's awesome. So from my past experience of being in the NFL too, I realized that, you know, sometimes living that balance between family life, between your, your work on, on the field, your, your ministry, your philanthropy, how are you able to, as a couple and Mara, how are you able as an individual to kind of maintain that, that, that balance? And is that a struggle for you? Well, I'll let Tam speak on it also. Um, I think uh, for us, it's being able to have those tough conversations where we're able to really pour our hearts out to each other and prioritize, um, you know, how we're going to go about tackling all the things on our to-do list. And with that, we've learned that having um, effective communication, um, attempting to have a ton of structure and routine has really helped us be able to navigate family inside of this space. And um, the other thing is when we're both actively pursuing Christ individually, um, from our relationship with him, we understand that our family is a priority. Our relationship with each other is an even bigger priority, but our relationship with Christ tops it all. And so in that, we're able to put things in their proper perspective and just kind of develop different strategies and routines to make sure that we're remaining aligned um, in our faith and we're keeping everything just unfolding the way it's supposed to. And of course, we run into hiccups and things of that nature, but I think having that open communication is very important. You want to add yeah, to that? Yeah, I think the word that she said is prioritized. Um, you have you have to align your priorities, and that's been that's been very big for me. So number one, my relationship with God, and so spending time with Him every day, uh, no matter what I have going on. <laughs> number two, uh, prioritizing you know my marriage, and so uh, making sure that. 
you know, right underneath God as I prioritize her and, and, and a little bit above the kids. And then just being a father, um, we have five kids I've been blessed with, five little world changers. And, uh, you know, so being a father and then comes my career. And so, uh, and then with my career, I have to prioritize it in, you know, the football, it, it gives me a platform to work from. And so all the Absolutely. other things come from the platform. And so I have to protect the platform. And so after, after my family um, and God comes my career. And so that's what training and the aspect of that and, and making sure that I keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, that gives me a platform to be able to impact the community in the ways that we want to impact the community. Yeah. And that's what we've been able to do through our foundation um, with Devoted Dreamers and uh, traveling all around, sharing the gospel and, and uh, social justice and all those different areas that we've been able to be impactful in is because we're able to use our social capital. And so um, God has just rewarded us tremendously. And I think um, he shows us how to be faithful stewards. We're, we're firm believers in he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And so the, the same things that we were doing when we came in the league our rookie year um, is a lot of the same core principles and things that we follow now. Amen. Did um, kind of just a quick tangential question. One of the things that a lot of men struggle with is this aspect of, you know, being present. And I'm saying a lot of times we are physically present at the home, like after a game um, or, or after a tough practice or after training camp or you're present at home, but you're not there emotionally, sometimes maybe spiritually. And I know you've ta- kind of addressed to how your communication between you two, but did you ever early in your marriage struggle with that aspect that after a game, you know, you're home there, but you need to be there with your family, with your kids, with your, with Tamela, but you weren't. I mean, did you ever have to uh, deal with that and work through that as a couple? Yeah, I think I, I, our struggle was a little bit different. Our struggle wasn't about, you know, being being absent while present. Our struggle was being present, present, right? Because mm-hmm. football takes up so much of your time. And so, you know, during the season, you're going 70%, 80% of the time. And then after the season, you know, we have this huge platform. And so I could be traveling or speaking or uh, doing different things with the foundation. And so it was just hard for us to, we're, we're big communicators. And so we don't get our, our time weekly just to, to sit in dialogue for a couple hours, or we don't have to, we don't get to have our family dinners. It kind of throws off our regimen. Yes. And so, uh, you know, Tam expressed to me her concern with that. And, you know, I had to, I had to check myself and figure out a way that worked better. And so, it was really a balance of figuring out how to get more time with the family during the season. So, you know, around the kids, extracurricular activities. So I may not have, you know, Thursday and Friday where I'm, I'm spending all day watching film. I have to come home and just use cut that to one day a week of just, you know, a lot of film study and, and, and make sure we balance that out, get extracurricular time with the kids or family dinners with the family. Um, and then after the season, being able to look at the calendar and, and balance out, like, you know, you may go two or three days here and then you come back. Um, you'd be home for a week, two weeks. And so like making sure that we were balanced and it wasn't just always gone or always, cause our life is organized chaos. <laughs> That's what we like to call it. <laughs> and so with five kids, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. Yeah. And so, you know, that just came from that communication. And so mine wasn't as much of being, you know, uh, cause when I'm here, I'm here, you know, I'm very uh, involved in, in, in Tam's life and the things that she has going on. We kind of, we kind of balance each other out as far as, 
how we grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. We have different uh, regimens. And then with our kids, we're very involved with them just in terms of understanding their, their spiritual gifts as well as their, their physical gifts mm-hmm. and then being able to call them into that. So when, uh, when we're present, you know, that's not, that's not um, as much as it was about being absent fully. And so um, that just comes, an, another one of those things that just comes from communication and dialogue. When Tam expressed to me how she felt about it, I was able to wake up and kind of see it clear and make the adjustment. Today's episode is brought to you through the generosity of Waterstone. For nearly 40 years, Waterstone has assisted givers in supporting their favorite charities like Promise Keepers by crafting customized, innovative giving solutions. Waterstone gift strategists stand ready to create your personalized charitable plan, utilizing business interests, real estate, appreciated assets, charitable trusts, giving funds, and more. These donor-specific giving strategies allow givers to bypass capital gains taxes, receive a fair market value charitable deduction, and have tax-free growth for years to come. Prioritize income, minimize taxes, and optimize your giving with Waterstone. Find out how to give and receive the most from your assets by visiting www.waterstone.org. And now, back to today's show. You know, what I hear is what is so encouraging. And I think what men can take from this is, is one, first and foremost, you talked about being intentional, which is awesome. And as well as being proactive and making the priorities, aligning your priorities in line with what Christ is calling us to be as husbands, as fathers. And it's obvious that you've got something great working together as, as a unit, as a husband and as a wife, as a mom and as a dad, that I want to compliment you both on that. Um, now, taking that same aspect outside, Mario, you had mentioned a, a chaplain who was your mentor. Who are your mentors now? And, and to kind of tangentially follow on question of that is through your foundation and in the locker room, who are you guys mentoring as, as individuals and, and as couples? Because mentorship is, and I think discipleship is one of the biggest things that we lack within the body of Christ today. And I'm just curious Who's your mentors and kind of who are you mentoring? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on um, something we learned very early on. It's always important to have somebody above you, somebody behind you, beside you, and then somebody that's beneath you. And so it's the mentor, that's that's the peer, and then that's the, that's the disciple. And um, I have a few. I have a few mentors, and it just depends what spaces. Uh, I have a few different mentors inside, inside the game of football. I have uh, a few spiritual mentors. Um, um, I have one in one in New York, uh, who was actually uh, one of my chaplains when I played played there. Um, I have two two in Mississippi. Um, one uh, helped me when we first started our foundation, and another one uh, is uh, associate pastor at, at my wife's church. Um, I also have uh, a good friend who who is a uh, uh, a church planner worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's, he's been trying to get me to go with him and plant some churches as of recent. Um, and I have, I, have bi- I have business mentors. And so I have, I have several people. It depends on the aspect of what I'm, I'm looking for. The thing is, I don't want to go in and make the mistakes that somebody's already made when I can learn from them. And so uh, most spaces, if I'm going to walk in them, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on someone who uh, has done it. Sam and I also uh, every year uh, sit down with a, with a, with a couple um, that their chaplains in the league, and we just talk through our marriage with them. You know, it's just yeah. that's our our way of having a little counseling every year, just in our marriage, even if things are are, are going well. And so, um, I think every fa- phase, I'm just looking to somebody that is done that's gone before me, and that's just yes. something I live by. Um, I also have uh, two very strong accountability partners that if I have something going on, I'm going to reach out to them. Um, we talk once a week and we just call it like emptying the lint out of our pockets. That means everything about me, you know, uh, you know, I got a brother who knows about it and knows what's going on. He knows the dark thoughts or anything that's going on or any moments, uh, anything that happens, they know about it. And um, and then as far as ministry goes and discipling, so our program um, on the boys' side, we're over uh, uh, 80 youth. So we're dealing with from ages 12 to 18. We have 80 players that are a part of our program. We have a travel football team that's a mentorship program. And so we have 80 youth um, in that age group this year. Uh, we just had practice last weekend. So we get a whole weekend with them. Then we got another weekend coming up. I'll be with them. And I, and I see my mentorship is a little bit more over the coaches. So I have a coaching staff. Of nine of nine individuals, and I kind of coach the coaches to coach the players. And so, if I'm discipling anybody, um, not spend a lot of time with the players as well, but it's more of the coaches that I'm pouring into. We have we have a leadership call where we're pretty much just going through all these different principles that are that that are Bible principles mm-hmm. that I just put in in, in more of a uh, a relatable context. Amen. Thank you for for what you're doing. And if people want to learn more about your your foundation, just quickly, what is a your your website address that people can learn more about what you guys are doing? They can go to devoteddreamers.org and visit the website, or they can see us on, on social media. They can see us at uh, Devoted Dreamers 707 or Devoted Dreamers Foundation. Yes. That's on Twitter, Devoted Dreamers uh, Foundation, and Instagram, Devoted Dreamers Foundation, and Devoted Dreamers 707. Amen. Well, thanks for that. Um, kind of just one final question that we want to what I want to dive into is, is today that we live in such a divisive world where people are pulling off into their own tribes and people are craving, they want leadership. They, they want, you know, particularly men to take a stand, particularly men within the body of Christ to say, you know, this is what it means to live a, a masculine lifestyle. This is what it means to um, live out biblically as a husband, as a father, as, as a man of God. And speaking of man of God, you were once fined, I read, by the NFL for wearing a headband that had man of God on it. I know you ended up getting a wave, but you took a stand, whether that was conscious or unconsciously, you took a stand for who you are, your identity was in Christ. And I think so many particular young people, we talk about heroes, whether military, first responders, or, or athletes, but I think we're all called to be heroes or role models in some form or fashion to others that people are looking up to you. Um, how can you, or what advice do you have to men to be able to take that stand today about what it means to live your faith out in public and to live your faith, you know, as Christ is calling us to live? Mm, great question. You want to start? That's great. I think, um, first of all, men have to understand that whatever profession or field that they're in, it's what they do, but it's not who they are. And so 
it's very important for them to find their true identity in Christ. And once they're able to adopt that, they're able to really be on their knees before God, asking him to fill them um, with his word and with his truths. And with that, they're able to actively go and live that out. And so it's all about really taking a stand for the faith and then not just picking and choosing the parts of the word that you want to obey, but understanding that God has called us to absorb it all and pursue him and live it all out faithfully. And that should overflow in our workplaces. That should overflow in how we're raising our children, how we're leading um, inside or outside the locker room. And so I think you've just really um, done an excellent job at making sure you're on your face before Jesus so that you're able to be fueled by him to go out and you know, pursue individuals to disciple and lead by example. But there are other tools that you use that would be beneficial, I think, to share. Yeah, I think, um, as Tam shared, a lot of it just comes from an overflow of the heart, right? I think we spend a lot of time cultivating our actions and not as much time cultivating our heart. Mm-hmm. And um, you really have to spend a lot of time before God. You have to spend time in your word and allow God to do the work. He says in Philippians 1, seek the work I begin in you, I will carry on to completion. Um, and it's really understanding the, the parable of a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Um, and, and the fruit represents our action and the tree represents our heart. And understand that when you nurture your heart, it's naturally going to produce the actions that you're looking for. And understanding that <laughs> how incredibly weak and how incredibly selfish and how incred- incredibly uh, dependent we must be of God if we want righteousness to overflow from our lives. The minute we step away from God and we're not dependent, we're going to go right back to flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said from the dust we were made to the dust we return. And we really have to understand what the picture that God is painting for us. It's you need me to come into you and do all the work. That's what God is trying to get us to understand. And the only way you can allow that is to cultivate a heart in uh, a dwelling place for him. And that. That is what I've seen um, allows us to take a stand that we need to, to we need to make in uh, in in today's society. When you see um, boldness in believers standing up and taking action, that's just standing on what they know to be true. That's mm-hmm. just standing on what they know to be right, and the grace of God is igniting inside of them to give them that confidence. No matter what their peers are thinking, no matter what their bosses are thinking, no matter what mainstream society is trying to tell them. And we need that today. We need men who are standing before the throne of God, receiving the Holy Spirit to be empowering in their lives so that they can walk mightily and grace-filled throughout their day and and and, and to be courageously standing on the word of God in, in a manner that's full of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of see the two conflict side by side. We either have faith-filled individuals who kind of remain silent and passive, or you have strongly convicted believers who are overpowering the conversation without grace and mercy, which is pushing people away. And so um, to, the only place to find that that balance is to be before God and saying, God, I need you from the time I wake up to the time I lay my head back down to guide my every step. And I think when we're able to find that 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 sweet spot, that's when we have the most impact in the world. Amen. Well said. Well said, both of you. I want to thank you both for for 
giving you your time. I want to thank you for utilizing your platform as individuals as and as a couple to minister and to disciple to others. Well done. And I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Stand firm in the faith. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be blessed, brother. Thanks for listening to On the Edge podcast with Ken Harrison. For a lot of you, this is our first time meeting, and I want to tell the men listening about an organization I'm the current chairman of, Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers is an organization founded by Coach Bill McCartney that's led men across the world to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Promise Keepers is calling men back to courageous and bold servant leadership. To learn more and get involved in the mission of Promise Keepers, visit promisekeepers.org. Follow on social media or download the Promise Keepers app on Apple Store or Google Play by searching Promise Keepers. Through the Promise Keepers app, you'll receive access to devotionals, Bible studies, and other great articles and video content, and a community to build friendships, lead your family, and become transformative leaders. See you next time for On the Edge with Ken Harrison.